VoiceOver describes what's happening on your iPhone screen. VoiceOver on settings. So you can navigate it just by listening. Books, contacts, calendar, double tap to open. Breakfast with Anna from 10 to 11. And get on with your day. Accessibility. There's more to iPhone. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome back to Wine Times, brought to you in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club. With me, comedian and wine novice, Susie Ruffle. And me, Will Lyons, the Sunday Times Wine Columnist and Vice President of the Sunday Times Wine Club. Throughout this series, we'll be joined by a handful of your favourite celebrities for great wine and great conversation. As always, I'll be sharing my expert wisdom on all things great related, from the history of vineyards across the globe to the science behind your favourite wines. And I'll take on my favourite role as apprentice of wine and voice of the people as I inquisitively ask the questions that we're all thinking, like, what's the opposite of dry wine? Is it wet wine? No. Oh, that was easy but there'll be more good stuff on the podcast. We're here in Borough High Street's oldest and most marvellous 17th century pub, the George Inn. So here's to good wine and good times. Discussing and decanting with Susie and myself today is comedian Sophie Duca. From being shortlisted as Best Newcomer at Dave's Edinburgh Comedy Awards in 2019 to tele-triumphs in 2022 on Celebrity Mastermind and, of course, Taskmaster, it's no secret that Sophie's comedic genius is currently taking the UK by storm. Her latest comedy show, Hag, is no exception. She takes on what Time Out has called a gleefully chaotic journey through magic, sex, race and queerness. It sounds exquisite. Today we'll be taking Sophie through our own gleeful chaotic journey, one with wine. Sophie is a fantastic comedian and also a very dear friend of mine. Soph, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. (laughs) I'm so excited to be day drinking with you. (laughs) Thanks so much for coming to our pub. Thank you for enabling me. It's so nice to meet you. (laughs) How are you? I'm I'm well. New year, new me. (laughs) New drinks. Yep, new drinks. I I feel good. I'm really excited. A little nervous, but very excited about going on tour because it's my first yeah. one. Yes. I've never done it before. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of places in the UK. There's a lot of places. Lot. Are you going by yourself? Are you taking support? I'm are going you... by myself. That's very brave. Yeah. I think you'll have a great time. I think I'll have a nice time. I think I'm going to impose myself on people that I've just vaguely met and be like, <laughs> hi, I'm in Bristol. Technically, I could get back to London tonight, but can I stay with you? So I'm going to do that wherever I know anyone, even vaguely. And then the rest of the time, I guess I'll just um, go into the metaphorical tour bus of my mind after the show. Yeah, but it's really great touring because the lovely thing is, is that you get to sort of meet people that have somehow connected with something that you Mm. do all over the place. And for me, it's always sort of mind blowing. I'm like, oh, we're in, you know, Liverpool. And I don't know anyone in Liverpool, but these people have come along and it's so nice to see everyone. I think it's a real... Yeah. privilege to be able to tour. But it's nice to get out of London, isn't it? And see the country. Yeah, it is. Oh, I feel yeah. more people should do that. Oh, yeah. I think, I'm just trying to think what's nicer in London and it's so few things. <laughs> yeah. I love gigging outside of London. Yeah. 
I love being outside of London. Yeah. But I still insist on paying exorbitant rent (laughs) for air pollution and aggression every day. What would be your go-to drink if you were out for dinner? Oh, for dinner? Or drink? It's got to be, I feel like I'm being sponsored by wine. Um, It's got to be wine. I feel like... There's a thing where people are like, I don't like, I think it's become very fashionable at the moment for people to be like, I don't really like the taste of alcohol. Like, I don't really like, like, it's like, it's too grown up. I don't like alcohol. I like, you know, sipping vinegar or whatever. And mm, I, unironically, like, I genuinely think wine is delicious. Yeah. Wine is super delicious. Yeah, fantastic. I'm trying to not drink as much because it's becoming a problem. But I think, <laughs> I think that wine is just like, I think I always liked the taste yeah. of wine. So I would have wine with dinner. Having cocktails with dinner feels chaotic. It feels like a messy bitch move. I I sometimes do it, but it doesn't feel like something that should be happening. I I feel like cocktails, the idea of a cocktail is always far nicer than the taste of it. That's how I always feel. Yeah, and you do get a slug of alcohol, I find. Yeah, you feel a bit like... And it takes time to sort of digest. So there's always that sort of time difference between Mm. when you've consumed for example, a martini or something. Oh, and then it hits God. you. A martini, that's be, like... It could be like 15 minutes later and then suddenly... Boom. Yeah. And you're, you're messy. <laughs> boom. boom. You're out the club. You're on the floor. You're in, a, you're in an ambulance. Boom. <laughs> Whereas wine, fine. Fine. Yeah. Yeah, fine. fine. Well, it's there to be sipped, isn't it? Sipped. Yeah. And, and you get you know, to feel like you're a lady. Uh, yes, <laughs> cool I lady. do. Wow. I do. I um, also drank a lot of wine and it's only taken me... A couple of minutes to bring this up on the podcast. I used to live in France. Bonjour. Bonjour to you. A vous deux. I used to live in France and people there drank wine with discretion and in a sort of way that like they weren't trying to inhale every last drop of liquid immediately. Yeah. So it really, I was like, oh, this is nice. Like this is something that is both enjoyable and fun. Yeah. Yeah. So when you lived in, did you live in Paris? I lived in Paris. And was that to do with your degree? I know you're... Yeah, I studied French, yeah. which means that I can sometimes read the backs of wine bottles, which is very yes. helpful to know what you're talking about. Um, I lived in France because I studied English and modern languages, brackets, French. And <laughs> those brackets are important. You've got to get the brackets important. in. It gives the impression I learned many languages, but the languages were <laughs> French. And yeah, just getting a sort of like an exposure to a lot of French wine, but also just a different style of drinking. Yeah. Mm. Especially in Paris. I always find it, I've just come back from a week of, of tasting in Bordeaux. Mm. And yeah, you do, t- everyone says, oh, crikey, I was wearing sunglasses on the weekend. You must be on But you never drink to excess in France, really. I remember once I was sitting out in Bordeaux in, in the heat of the night, summertime. And I looked around, just as you were saying, at the courtyard, and everyone was just sipping slowly. In fact... I watched some chat order a pint. I thought this would be interesting. And he had that pint all night. And there was one drunk person who then got on a bike. <laughs> and it was like a comedy. It was like a Charlie Chaplin comedy. And he was swaying around. I was like, that's the only drunk person. Whereas if you're in Glasgow or or even, sure. you know, Helsinki or Reykjavik, I was going to say, you know, everyone just drinks. I think it might it might be a Northern European thing. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to pick out the one drunk person. No. no. <laughs> you could pick out the one... Sober person. You'd be like, oh, look, there's a team of cyclists. <laughs> or hammered. Is that the tour de... No, it's not. <laughs> but, but, but we do have a, a sort of a, a romantic idea of France, don't we? Mm, yeah. Which I, I like to, to keep going, actually. Okay, I won't say anything real about my but, time. But, 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 but they, do, I mean, they, they tend to drink wine with, with most meals and, and drink it a little... 
would you be fair to say that they that they drink it a bit like the English drink tea and that they don't think too much about yes, it? Yes, yes. That is, yeah, that's so correct. I feel yeah. like when I was at a part, like a house party, I feel like I was in very much in my mind sweeping era. Are you familiar <laughs> with mind sweeping? Yeah. Yeah, so like that's... A Could you explain mind sweeping for the listener? Oh, sorry, for the listener who might not be familiar with mind sweeping, it's when you sort of go around a party and you drink the dregs of other people's yeah. drinks. It's sort of yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. It's yeah, a che- it's a cheap way to have fun. Sure, <laughs> there's no but, judgment on this podcast. You there's no, no judgment. We don't judge at all. But it's like people would drink wine, like come around for dinner and drink wine and not finish the wine that was in their glass. Yeah, like there'd be slightly less than half of they wouldn't finish it because they didn't. Need to. Need to. Yes. And I also drank wine every day, pretty much. Yeah. Every you... day that I had dinner, I had it, but I never drank a lot of it. But you drank half a glass or a glass. Yeah. Or... And that's the French paradox, isn't it? Yeah. Because half a glass of wine is good for you. But when you go over half a glass, it starts to be detrimental to your to your health. Well, then give me a half a glass now, Will. Come Where on. Where are we then. going? Well, I've slightly mixed up the order. So oh, no. we're going to start. We have a sparkling wine. And we normally start with sparkling wine. Mm-hmm. And, we, uh, and we have a show. We're, we're going to start with a red wine first. Okay. So we're, we're going to see how this goes. All right. Okay. I, I, I trust you. So I've, I've pre-opened it. I know that you're meant to have sparkling wine first. And I don't know why. I guess it's like because of the lightness of sparkling wine maybe. But I don't actually know why. I just know to tell people off when they don't know the order it's meant to be in. <laughs> Well, I would say the reason we have sparkling wine first, A, it has a lot of acidity, so it stimulates the sort of gastric juices, isn't it? Mm. Or, the, or the taste buds, if mm-hmm. you like, with that um, acidity. The bubbles, the carbon dioxide, means the, the alcohol sort of gets into your bloodstream a little bit quicker, but it lifts the mood. And there is also that sort of Pavlovian reaction to the cork popping, isn't it? And you hear that and you immediately think... The night's begun. Yeah. So, sadly, we're, we're not in France. We're in... Oh, that smells we're good. We're in Portugal. Mm, yes. Now, if you... Um, Smell that. If you had to ask, what are the two most exciting countries on the wine route at the moment and offer the best value, mm-hmm. you could... And I think I've said on this podcast before, you could make a really good case for South Africa. They're making fantastic wines at the moment, the best they've ever made. Uh, but the other place that everyone is raving about, wine merchants and concerts, is Portugal. And Portugal has a couple of things in its favour. Obviously, it's near the Atlantic. So always, the, the vineyards are never far from the sea. So you get that freshness is imparted. When you say the freshness, is that literally like the air that's yeah, going across yes, and the moisture in the... Yes, yeah, so, 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 so the grapes the... don't get right. too, too, um, too sort of baked. And right. Okay. If you, you imagine it. Would they get salted? Well, no, I don't think you get <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the other thing it has, you probably all heard of the big international grape varieties that are really based on the classic mm-hmm. regions of France, like Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon, mm-hmm. uh, Shiraz, or, or Syrah, um, Sauvignon Blanc. In Portugal, they kept their indigenous grape varieties. So they've got a whole load of unique flavours and tastes mm. from local grape varieties that haven't really been exported and we're probably pretty unfamiliar with. So we're drinking the 2019 Marquis de Mariava. How's your Portuguese pronunciation? It's uh, probably better than mine, actually. Complete shot in the dark. <laughs> Would you mind? Yeah, I'll, yeah. <laughs> um, and we're in a region sort of in between Lisbon and Porto, the Bajada region. 
That's really good. Yeah. Sorry, I, yeah. I was just reacting and to not what variety. you were saying. It's, it's actually a blend, but the, 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 the main, I think there's a bit of Tariga Nacional in here, which you may have heard of. Um, what we do know about this region, it's also the home of Matthias Rose. Who, who's Matthias Rose? I don't know who Matthias Rose is. Oh, you're too young. I'm so sorry. But Matthias Rose was a hugely commercial Rose in the 70s. Well, of course. We, early we it was like, you know, pre-Piador. She's born in the 90s. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Sophie, so have you, you must have learned a bit of wine tasting in Paris, did you? Um, oh. Again, I was 20 years old, so that wasn't yeah. really the focus. <laughs> um, I simply must do the wine route from must that do... bar to that bar. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, mm, it's, a, it's a short route, a short, cheap route where I mind sweep other people's drinks. <laughs> I did. I wasn't drinking very refined wines in Paris. I did notice that the general standard of wine was much better. Yeah, And I did sort of get a tutorial on my... 20th birthday I decided I wanted to go to a fancy restaurant in Paris and I picked one called Le Petrel and it turned out that this restaurant was about like the capacity was like 15 people it was almost impossible to get a reservation I hadn't known this and I turned up with like four friends and they were like you didn't confirm your reservation. You can't stay. Oh, they were no. really like no you don't come but then they were like okay it's your birthday you can come in and it was just one waiter and one one-eyed chef. And I tried one, to... One one-eyed chef? Yeah, he had one oh. eye. And Sorry, was he wearing a patch? Or... No, well, he no. might have had two eyes, but one was like really scrunched up. Okay. Like a Like pirate. Mad Eye Moody? Yeah, like Mad Eye Moody. Okay. Um, I love that you knew it was exactly like Mad Eye Moody. But anyway, <laughs> on my 20th birthday, I wanted to have a bougie time in Paris and I tried to order a champagne and he was like, oh no, that's not a good champagne. And I was like, well, why do you have it on your menu then? And he was like, no, you can't have that. It's like, a, you've got to order this champagne. I know, I, I hate, I've told this anecdote and I don't know the name of the champagne that I did order, but I spent like, what at the time was so much money yeah. because I was shamed by having chosen the cheapest like, group oh, champagne. No. And it's the best champagne I've ever had. Really? So let's, I could name a few that it, mm -hmm. that it could have been. So it could have been Krug, mm. could have been Dom Perignon, Paul Roger, Roderer, Runart, Verve Clicquot. I know that Cristal. some of these are champagnes. Yeah, it would have been. Oh, it could have been it, a grower champagne. It was just. It was just beautiful. Yeah. It was beautiful. I think I've had good. I've, I've definitely. But I think you're right to trust the sommelier because that's mm -hmm. what you should always do. In, I think. In, I have in, that tattooed on my on the back <laughs> of my neck. Especially in Paris. In French. <laughs> in French. <laughs> but, <laughs> just so he can see it when he's pouring. And yeah. Then... <laughs> ah, good, good. <laughs> Another good tip is, I know that you didn't do it, obviously, is to always reconfirm, isn't it, your your booking. I found that in Paris. Oh, yeah. Always... If you phone up the day and said, I am coming, they they, they, they really like that. Yeah, they. they I yeah. think that was that was essential. And also, I, I sent some English people to that restaurant and they pretend not to be able to. You you can't make the reservation if you don't make it in French. It was like oh, a yes. really oh, snobby they, place. Oh, wow. And I told like my teacher colleague that I was working with as an assistant assistant in France and he was like I've been trying to get a reservation there for like two years uh, but I was like yeah me and my basically teenage <laughs> friends went and had the best champagne we've ever drunk in our lives well so. it was a memorable birthday yeah, yeah. yeah good. Well, what, what's the name of the restaurant again we... uh, Le Petrel oh okay Petrel. Where we well, we going? Well, I think we, I think champagne tasting is in order wine sounds time's on the road sounds good to me <laughs> what do you think of the wine Sophie I'm going to say some things about it that will vary from like spurious to unhinged <laughs> I think it tastes it's got <laughs> it tastes like a bit holy 
It tastes like a holy wine. I like this. Like it, church like, wine. Church wine is what I'm saying. Yeah. Which um, I'm we've quite had concerned ob- about as a former Catholic. We've had this observation before on the pod. Yeah. yeah. And Do I you think want it's... a little tiny cracker tiny. to have with this? <laughs> so you feel like you're doing communion? Graham's not on the pod. <laughs> um, I, I love a tiny cracker, but I don't want one with this. I think it's, it's like the mouthfeel is really nice. I like it, that. There's like a sort of like... It's like full but not heavy. It's quite silky. Yes, really silky. So like it's mm. it's stroking the inside of your mouth. Yeah, it coats the tongue but not in like an overpowering way. Yes. Sophie needs a lingo. Sophie knows Sophie, it. You, I'm, I'm going to get we oh, have a proper re- wine <laughs> expert on. Oh, I'm going to get replaced on the next series I by think Sophie. The, oh, God. you the most... No, because I'm drinking all the wine and by the end of the hour I'm going to be on the floor. You made, you made the most informed opinions. Yeah, I think that's a really... yeah. Because you found the words that we use. Well, it's quite we, impressive. I have been going on this, don't you think, on this yes. podcast all the time about if you don't describe the aromas, describe the mouthfeel, describe the texture, My which God. is exactly what you did. I, it's almost like you've been listening and just. I'm <laughs> so buzzed that you've said this. I'm like, I've won wine times. <laughs> you, I mean, you have. You've won wine times. Oh my god, wow, it's huge. amazing. Sorry, we're, we're now we're now creating competition. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'll um, come back and fight them on a, like a special Yeah, fine, episode. fine, 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 fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all mind sweep everything that everyone else left behind. But I really like this one. I think it's really... It's, it's digestible. It's very easy. Yeah, and it would go well with with um, with um all sorts of food, but I'm thinking red meat. The, I think a steak soup. with mac and cheese as yeah. the side. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah. Something that, like, you, you could eat it with something that was quite sort of claggy. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. it's quite... Because it's not too... I like it's not, it. It's not too in your face as well, is mm-hmm. it? That's what I like about it. It's almost like a French wine that it sits there. I mean, I think some of the great wines of the world don't overpower the dish. Mm-hmm. They're, 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 they're not all about look at me, look at me, which is yeah. what, say, a New Zealand Sauvignon would be about, which is like a sort of explosion, huge, huge explosion of fruit. Mm. Yeah. Whereas this is um, almost quite subtle in a way, but yeah. yeah what, like what do you call it when it's a nice... <laughs> you often say that something's a... A nice fridge door white. Mm. It's like whatever the equivalent of that is in a red wine, because obviously you won't put the red in the fridge. But you know what I mean? It's like yeah. a... I mean, a rather hackney phrase is a, a sort of m- midweek. A midweek, uh, a Wednesday red? Yeah. A Wednesday red. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind a of a bit, Wednesday it's a red. Like, you know. But it's easy going, isn't it? It's really yeah. easy going. It's really... If, if I want to get into real sort of wine talk, you say it's very well balanced. Because that, 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 that balance between the acidity, the tannin, that bitter flavour and the fruit... Mm-hmm. It's it's just seamless. This is a very well made wine. Actually. Also, do you know it'd be a great thing to take if you were going to dinner at someone's house. It'd be a great thing yes. to take because I think that most people, if you drink wine, most it'd be very difficult not to like it. It's yeah. very likable. Mm. Yeah. Right. Where are we going to next week? Well, to cheer up the sort of cool nights of January, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to France. <gasps> Bonjour. And Bonjour. we are. <laughs> And it's nearly my birthday. Oh, oh, fantastic. And we're going to that restaurant. <laughs> Great. And there's no budget because wine times are paying. So let's go wild. Oh, sadly, <laughs> we're not so... having a champagne. Oh. We're, oh. <laughs> we're having okay. even better, actually. Oh, no, we're, we're, we're having um, a style of wine, which is, I mean, we talked about wines having a moment. That We are living in the age of Cremant. So mm. this is the other sparkling wine of France. So you have champagne. But sorry, I just got a bit of wine. I've left it on my chin from the last. It's a good look. That, that delicious Portuguese red. No, you know, Will, um, the one that's always got wine dripping out of his face. <laughs> he's, he's such a great. He's a wine expert. <laughs> he's turning into Sir, Sir Les Paston. I don't know who that is. No. <laughs> of course we don't. We don't know who any of these people are. Mateus Rose. No, don't Mateus worry. Rose? Good, that's a good thing. Really good friends with Mateus Rose. Now, 
Um, obviously, um, um, France is the home of sparkling wine in Champagne. Mm-hmm. But there are other regions outside of Champagne that make sparkling wine in the same style. So you have a secondary fermentation in the bottle. And it's called Cremant. And you get Cremant de Loire. You get Cremant de Bourgogne in Burgundy. In fact, they make more Cremant de Bourgogne than I think we make English sparkling wine. And you get Cremant de Alsace, which is where we are. So we're in that sort of border territory. What are we sort of uh, uh, around the Vosges Mountains? Colmar is, is, is the capital. It's a sort of, is it Germany, is it France? It's, it's, it's got a bit of both. What does Cremant mean? Because now I'm assuming it's going to be creamy. No. Cremant is just a term for sparkly wine. Oh, okay. Yeah. And this is Cremant d'Alsace. Oh. So if you look, no, it's <laughs> quite a jazzy bottle, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's it's fun. I've been but, to I've been to the Alsace yeah. region. So. It's beautiful. Isn't it? What's it like? It's like a little storybook. Yeah, exactly. It would have been good That's to go what... about a month ago at Christmas. It feels like very not quite like. So you're wandering into Hansel and Gretel. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That kind of vibe. The reason we didn't open with this is because it's a demi sec, so it's slightly sweet. Mm. So let me just open it up. And we can have a have a taste. Oh. There we go. Even in January, you can drink sparkling wine. <laughs> I never stopped. <laughs> it looks creamier yeah, than, a, does, than what a, yeah. um, a champagne or a sparkling of, um, wine would look. It looks thicker. Now how would we describe that colour? Sort of is that a sort of salmon? No, what is how? Would you... No, it's more of like a. It's like a light light gold. Yeah, isn't it? like a light ambery gold. Yes, exactly. Mm. So this is the sparkling wine. That you could Ooh. serve. Ooh. That's nice. You could serve with a pudding. I'm thinking like a... Oh, yeah. Just like an apple tart. Mm. Something like that. Just yeah. a, something very simple. I'm just thinking, some pastry with some I'm thinking like apple. goat's cheese with honey on it. Yes. Oh, that would oh. be great. Yeah. And what I like about Demi-Sec, it's just slightly sweet, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's it, it, talking about mouthfuls, so that fuller texture. But you probably only want a glass of this. It's a bit like Prosecco because it has that sugar. Yeah. It actually fatigues the palate a little. If yeah. That, if that, you know, if you, if you drink it, as opposed to if it was really dry. It's the sort of thing, and I don't know if this is the right thing to say on a wine podcast, but here we go. Yeah. It feels like if you had too much of it, it would get quite sickly. Yeah. Whereas a glass of it feels like a yeah. treat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, like a, like a sticky yeah. toffee pudding. Yeah. Like, you know, you just want so much of it. No, excellent. I like so that a lot. what was it like in Alsace when you went? Did you did you have lots of local food and things? Yeah, I feel like I feel like the goat's cheese really yeah, featured. Yeah. I was there, so I did a job on a show called The French Collection, which was after I, after I lived there during my studies and was working on a TV show where you sort of... Uh, went to lots of different markets all around France and the contestants would buy items and then they'd bring them out to the UK to sell. Oh. So, it, yeah, it was basically, it was like an apprentice task, but just one one. But task. that was in your days before, because Sophie worked behind the camera before behind she the worked. Behind the camera before. Yeah. Bef- before I drank wine during the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, although on this job, I did drink wine during the day. I remember being in like Toulouse and I really like wines from that region. And yeah. it was being like being at a market at 5am, setting up the shoot and all of the market stall... Uh, guys, we just had like red wine and hunks of bread and like cheese and like I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's like sorry, this sounds awfully pretentious and snobby. But then please do. But we, on <laughs> Thursday we went for lunch in Chez Meme in Saint Julien in Bordeaux. But before we went in, crossing the road were three construction workers in heavy big gear, and they went into the bistro and they sat down and had a two course meal with a. I don't, I'm not sure whether they're drinking wine or not. But it's just so civilised, isn't it? Yeah. And then they go on and do their work in the afternoon. I really like that. 
Mm. Stop for lunch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favourites. I mean, of the whole series, maybe. But don't you see that if we had that first, it would have made the red wine from Portugal mm. just taste a little bit... Because I think anything sweet, mm. it, it, it sort of resets your palate, if, mm. that, if that makes sense. Well, I think that the, the, we both really enjoyed the red. Mm. But I think that had we had it after the Cremont, it might have felt a bit sort of humdrum. I, I, yeah. Like, not as exciting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I'd like to serve that Cremont with a very simple pudding that wasn't too sweet. Mm. Almost like a cake that isn't too sweet, like a like a loaf, yeah, like a loaf. <laughs> Wait, like a, how much have you drunk today, Will? <laughs> do you mean like? Do you mean like a um, what's like a just just like a very basic sort of like fruit cake yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, something that's exactly. not like massively chocolatey or delicious. Yeah. It goes really well because it feels like the when you when you said the sticky toffee pudding. I know yeah. you're saying it's like that. You only want a bit of it, but it's like the the wine is the sticky toffee pudding. Yeah, the wine is like, sort it's of the nice star. little sweet giggly thing. Yeah, yes. and you don't need to. She's have it with some macarons. Yeah, I'm going to be out of a job soon. Oh yes, yeah, me and Sasha <laughs> taking over next series. Fantastic. That's you're absolutely right. It's brilliant, isn't it? Oh my yeah. god, Safe, this is like your new calling. <laughs> Bottoms up. <laughs> <laughs> This is Wine Times with Susie Ruffle and Will Lyons. And we'll be back with more great wine and conversation before you even get the chance to top up your glass. As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Right, so we're in France. Where yep. are we going, Where are we going to now? Um, now we're, going, we're, we're, we're continuing the theme of value. So okay. I thought the whole theme of this, but a loose theme of value. So we had Portugal. New Year, people might be, yeah, you know, New having Year. to pinch their pennies. So we had Portugal, which is one of the greatest value wine producing countries on the wine route. We've had Cremont, which is fantastic value. We're now going to arguably the best value wine in the world, which is Sherry. So we're Ooh. in Andalusia. And we're having not a dry Sherry, because there's lots of dry styles which I love, like a Fino or a Manthanilla. We're having a Pedro Jimenez, which is actually a sweet Ooh. sherry. Yeah. Okay. I think Ooh. I might have had this before. Really? I remember going to Sherry Country. Uh, I know her. She's fun. <laughs> she's, she's fun. A great, she's a great friend girl. of Mateus Rosé. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, but there's a thing called, I don't know if it's, this might not be it, but there's like a sherry sort of cocktail, like maybe a charita. I think it has a different name or a more refined name, but like sherry mixed Something. cocktails. Sherry yeah. um, Blair? Sherry Blair. It's a sherry Blair. But I remember having sherry and I was working on another television job in my before comedy oh, times. Oh, goodness me. Yeah. It was one of the worst um, working holidays of my life. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I got locked in a villa by like the head of the company. <gasps> Don't Why? worry, it's not traumatic. I think you just didn't really know. We went and bought loads of different wine. Yeah, just tell, 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 tell the story. Tell the story. I was working on a development team. I got a job as a development assistant producer at a still functioning production company that I will not name. So I was working for them, and they were like, "Oh, we're flying our whole um, development team out for like a a development day in Spain." So it was all the execs and the really important people, and I was clearly getting taken because they'd forgotten I was starting. And they just, I would just be by myself in the office. So they were like, we'll fly you on an easy jet flight to Spain. I got flown there the day before everyone else, but on the same day as the like super head of like the company that owns this company. And we, he didn't really speak to me. Oh, no. I was getting calls while I was still on the, because I was at the back of the plane. He was at the front of the plane being like, where are you? We need to leave. And then uh, we bought lots of wine. And then he dropped me off at one of the two villas, which we were staying at and sort of locked, locked me in. But the, the drinks were great. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't drink so the tap water, you, but I just drank the sherry you, until people turned up. Great. Did you yeah. break out? You couldn't break out the window or something? Or? No, I did. I uh, This is nothing to do with wine. I did get locked. I went to the toilet and the door handle fell off, so I had to climb out the window. And oh then it was quite a high anxiety situation because I'd never met any of my coworkers before. And it was just six of the most important people in the company. And so I went to the pool and pretended to be shot into it. Like, Someone's shooting me the machine gun and then I fall dramatically into the pool. And just then for I, fun? Just for fun because sure. I was lonely and like scared and I was having to wear a bikini with, pe- with my bosses. Um, and I did that. I fell into the pool and then I surfaced again and my face was just covered in blood <gasps> because I had a spontaneous nosebleed. You look horrified. Well. No, I was just thinking. <laughs> I was just. I, don't, I was I, thinking for a minute that you had... Um... Sorry, that you had a caption in your... Oh, no, no, <laughs> no, no, no that would be funny. No, it was just I was genuinely <laughs> bleeding from the face. Oh, my God. And then I sort of swam to the side of the pool and no one referenced it. I had to, oh like, I was, no. like, covered in blood. Well, no one said no it, one okay. I was covered in blood. I think they probably thought it was a bit, like, I'd shot, because I'd shot myself in. And Do you I think was, now they see that, you know, you're on telly loads, you're doing really well, people are like, ah, oh, yeah, I always sort of knew that would happen for that girl that pretended to have a nosebleed that time. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a bad time. <laughs> But we drank a lot. That was the, that was the main thing. So and you we drank lots of sherry. Andalusia. So you're in, Her- in Andalusia, yeah. Hereth uh, is, you know, there's a sort of triangle of, of towns that, 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 that produce sherry. That smells because there are amazing. a number of different styles Ooh. of sherry, okay? So it starts off with phenos and manthaneas. These are the dry sherries that are translucent sort of in, in colour. Mm-hmm. And they almost look like a white wine. They have a salty tang. And you can serve them from the fridge with almonds um, and they make a nice sort of summer aperitif. Heavier than that is Amontillado's, Paolo Cotado, and then Oloroso. And then below that, we have now entered sweet sherry territory with Pedro Jimenez. And this is, well, look at the colour of it. Yeah, it's sort of I like mean, a licorice. Yeah. Or oh, it's just dark it's, brown, isn't it? It looks really? like it could be evil. Yeah. <laughs> So the grapes are either picked um, really ripe or they're dried in the sun just to concentrate all those sugars and flavour. So they get all... Yeah. yeah. And, and I think the notes you get here, it's sort of figgy, 
Yes. But also that yes. sort of nuttiness as well. Yeah. Oh, that is quite sticky toffee puddingy. That mm. is so sticky toffee mm. puddingy. Mm. Mm. Oh, wow. I love that. I think there's a book called The Wine Folly. And the author recommends that you pour this over pancakes. Oh, it's yes. Like a syrup, isn't it's it? like maple oh. syrup. That's, yeah. the, that's exactly what I was just searching for. Incredibly decadent. That is so. De- it, that's a lovely yeah. suggestion from somebody who just doesn't know what to do with all their wine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about pouring this one over pancakes. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know if I'm, I'm asking one of my stupid questions, but you no. keep calling it a Pedro Himmet. Yeah, yeah uh, Himmet. That's actually is that the... The, so that's the name of the style, but it's also the name of the grape variety as well. Right. Okay. So yeah. that, that's not just. So lots of different vineyards it, would make yes. a Pedro, Pedro Himmet. But but it all but it always tastes like this. Oh, it's it, so yeah. nice. Or PX, you could just refer to it as PX. PX. Yeah. Mm. You know, a PX. For, for the amount of effort and time that goes into making this wine, it's still incredibly good value. How much is a bottle, do you think? That is one of your intelligent questions I don't know the answer to. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you had but, to guess, but, but, around about. I think, well, it's a 35, so it's a half bottle. Mm. Um, and it's 17.5% alcohol. I think <laughs> it's about £12. It's very reasonable. That's yeah. good to hear. What do you think of this? I'm not a sweet queen. I'm not a sweet queen, but I do like this. I think that it actually tastes more like, I think I like, because I don't drink sweet wines, I probably experience them more like in the sort of like Chirito, like mixing up with something and like making it a bit fresher. But I kind of see the benefit of having something that's so like caramelly and decadent, just a bit of it. It's not something that you could drink a whole bottle of. No. It's not something I'd ever have as an aperitif. Oh, no. No, it's too sweet, isn't it? Would you ever... Chill it. You could chill it slightly down. Because I think yeah. that I would like if it was yeah. well, we could a try little it, bit know, colder. Put, put it in the ice. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you, you you probably wouldn't normally, but 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 yeah. But you could pop it in the fridge yeah. for fifteen minutes. Before and I think it. that does. Well, it gives it more sort of. It, it tastes sort of more refreshing, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think more. sometimes that with the sugar being so overwhelming, if it's that bit colder. Yeah, a little bit more sort of. Vitality and freshness, that's what you want, yeah. Sophie, thank you so much for coming onto our show and talking to us about wine. Which is your favourite? Oh, I think it's got to be the Cremant. Yeah. It's, it's got to be. It's absolutely but got yeah, to be. It's like a, like, it feels like a fun little giggly wine. It's nearly my birthday. <laughs> so you keep saying, <laughs> I can't yeah, you about yeah. the Cremant for your birthday. <laughs> uh, and it's delicious, but I really, I think I really like the red. I feel mm-hmm. like it's a really, yeah, just like... I really like not a safe bet because that makes it sound boring, but it just feels like it would do a lot of different things. Yes, and be delicious Versatile. with food, and that's actually I think how I prefer to, or like I prefer just like dinner mm. with drinking wine. That's how I prefer to drink wine. I'm going to go for the Portuguese red, the first one actually, because like you said, it, it's it's subtle, it's but it's not subtle, and it's it's drinkable, and yet there's something of interest there, and I could see myself buying that and having it in the rack. And thinking, great, midweek wines. It's a Wednesday red. Oh, it's... <laughs> well, I'm going for the sherry, so one of us likes oh, each of them. So that's, that works perfectly. Um, no, thank you, Sophie. You've been brilliant. Yeah, thank, thank you for you. having me. It's been delicious. That's it from us. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Wine Times in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club. Produced by Anya Pierce, and the series producer is Ben Mitchell. You can follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. Just do this via your favourite podcast app. We'll be back next week with more delicious wine and another great guest. Remember that all of the wines we tasted today are noted in the episode description and you can get your hands on all of them from the Sunday Times Wine Club website. 
from all of us here at the Georgian, thank you very much for listening and we hope to see you next week for more Wine Times. As you're listening to me, Daisy, Apple's iPhone disassembly robot, is dismantling an iPhone into lots of recyclable parts. That's how Apple recovers more materials than conventional recycling methods. Thanks, Daisy. There's more to iPhone. 